Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I hope this isn't going to be too triggering for my next guest. So, Brooke, just a heads up, I'm going to give a little bit of background on your story. Brooke Morath was raped in 2015 in a parking lot at the University of Minnesota, and she had given up hope that police would ever catch the man who raped her uh, so many years before that because the investigation had been botched, leads were not followed up, she had not been taken as seriously as she would hoped, had hoped. Well, in 2020, five years later, she finally got the call that they had made an arrest. And that person was brought to justice in the rape of Brooke Morath. She was the subject of the Denied Justice series in the Star Tribune in 2017 and long investigation about how sexual violence and rape are um, taken care of and prosecuted and investigated in Minneapolis. And she shared her story. She was incredibly brave and honest and vulnerable. And I am she has become a friend. And I am so glad uh, that she was part of that story and such a champion for other women and a champion for how we needed to reform law enforcement for victims of sexual violence and rape. She was listening to our conversation yesterday about how only 37%, right, Adam, was that the right stat? 37%? Correct. 37% of violent crimes are ever have a resolution, are ever solved, are ever brought to justice. And that number, of course, didn't surprise me, having done the podcast that went along with uh, the Deny Justice series in the Star Tribune. And Brooke texted me later in the day. Because she was listening and she said, you know, Jor, I, I, I get it that that was our experience, certainly for her in 2015, uh, us in 2017 doing our reporting. But she said there are positive things to discuss. And I said, come on the show, girlfriend, and share with us the things that are getting better in our world. Uh, so Brooke Morath is joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And I am so honored that you're joining us again, Brooke. I am always happy to be back to talk and especially when it's more on the positive side that's a a pleasant twist thank god on the positive side was there anything about your story that you wanted to clear up or add or anything before we move on nope you you covered it pretty well Okay. Well, let's talk about that. You texted me and you said, George, you know, I thought you might enjoy some positive examples of growth um, after what happened, after the reporting from the Star Tribune on denied justice. I do remember <clears throat> that an advocate was going to be placed in the Hennepin County District, whether it be in the police department or the prosecutor's office. So share with us what were some of those developments? Was the advocate there? Are they still there despite budget cuts and cutbacks? What's happening now? Yes. And since, as you mentioned, the arrest in my case didn't occur until 2020, I was able to benefit from that victim advocate who was placed within the Hennepin County uh, Attorney's Office. And 
Oh, man, I, I can tell you that I truly cannot imagine how much more painful it would have been having to go through those court proceedings had she not been there. Um, really? You, you know, you can understand, you can be told here, here's what the proceedings are going to look like, but, you know, it, it's, it's somewhat torturous having to go through it in, in every continuance that happens, you know, having that nagging question in the back of your mind, is something wrong? Is there something I don't know about? So having that, that victim advocate there um, to, to just keep you informed and updated at all times and just mm-hmm. always be there for the compassionate support was just so unbelievably beneficial. And Brooke, can and you... She, Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, uh, but the, the victim advocate and, and is this a, has this position always been, um, uh, I guess, a, as a much of a priority priority as you see it being now? That's hard to say. I, I would guess what I would say is that it hasn't been as public of a priority. I think having you know the attention and and capitalizing on the momentum that came with the Denied Justice series definitely um, picked that up a notch in terms of getting the resources to fund it as a priority. And Brooke, does that advocate just sort of um, help with the victims, you know, during the court proceeding, or do they actually advocate for the police to follow up on leads and, you know, in apprehension of possible rapists and sexual violence perpetrators? You know, I'm I'm not certain on all the details of the job description. I can say from my personal experience, it was certainly only um, after charges Mm -hmm. had been formalized. Got it. So it's just a person that's like a go-between between you and the court system to tell you what to expect. And after such a horrific crime and hopefully you know, some an arrest to just sort of make it a little bit easier for the victims, because it is re-traumatizing showing up in court. Right. Right. And, and one mm-hmm. thing that's perhaps uh, less obvious is, you know, in the in the court system, you know, remaining objective and, and somewhat neutral in in the way you're um, presenting cases, you know, that can be a little bit upsetting to victims, of course, it's a very sensitive matter, but it's, it's necessary. So having that advocate who's able to speak in a language that is just m- more empathetic and sensitive to victims is really important. And, you know, especially in these long drawn out cases. Yeah. The shortcomings of the Minneapolis Police Department's sex crimes investigation, uh, which was laid bare in denied justice, happened long before, not long before, but before uh, George Floyd happened and before this upheaval in the Minneapolis Police Department we've seen that we're continuing to see. And we don't know what the end game will look like in the Minneapolis Police Department. But are you confident that the that those failures exposed in the report are being addressed and will continue to be addressed along with the rest, uh, or as we see, you know, the, the, these changes in the Minneapolis Police Department. I am optimistic. I think why well, I, I know for certain that there are plenty of individuals who are um, every day getting up and it is their top priority um, to see these changes implemented fully, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of timeline, your guess is as good as mine, but I, I have not given up hope um, despite some of the uh, somewhat pessimistic headlines that we see. 
that gives me hope that somebody who um, didn't have a great experience, you know, your case was botched, there were leads that were not followed up on, it took five years at, at your urging, and you had, you know, outside people pushing for your case. What about all the people who don't have the, you know, that kind of advocacy mm-hmm. uh, and support uh, working on their case. So I'm glad that you look at this system and say, yeah, there are advocates that are still in place that still have jobs uh, that can help people through the system so they didn't have to go through what you went through. Um, Brooke, if it's not too triggering, can you update us on what happened with your rapist? Yes. So he um, was sentenced in 2021 for four different cases uh, resulting in a sentence of approximately 46 years. And just recently, he pled guilty to some additional uh, charges in Anoka County. Uh, Sentencing, I believe, is to take place in March. So to be determined there. But um, fortunately, uh, at least some of his victims are seeing more formal justice. Thank God. Because we know if they're not brought to justice, they do reoffend, as was the case. He was a serial rapist, uh, as yes. in, in your case. And, you know, unfortunately, he was not brought to justice earlier. It took five years in your case and uh, reoffended again during that time. So we are glad that, you know, it, 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 took, it took a while, but that he is off the streets. So that was positive. And, and Adam, if you don't mind uh, me jumping in, Brooke, I, I understand that this, of course, had a huge impact on, on your life. It does not define you. Um, you have moved past this. But I want to share, I want you to share with folks the positive way your life um, is going now and what you are up to, just so people can see that, th- th- obviously, that was a, a horrible thing, a ter- terrible thing that happened to you. But of course, it, it does not define your life. And people can move on and they can be super productive and wonderful people like you. So, Brooke, tell us what you're doing now. Sure. Um, and of course, there's no right or wrong way to move on and, and find silver linings in life. But for for me, uh, pretty soon after, I just have spent the last eight or so years uh, dabbling in all sorts of different realms of the criminal justice system, uh, whether it's uh, recently the Minnesota Sentencing Guidelines Commission or working with correctional facilities, just all sorts of different pet projects. And uh, most recently, really come full circle and after eight years of working in psychiatric research, I've now officially initiated a, a career transition into law enforcement. So I am. I love that. How about that? I mean, uh, I love that. And so do I. It's that that that, mm-hmm. that somebody who you feel would have every right to be incredibly bitter and upset at how mm-hmm. uh, your life transpired and the what was perceived a lack of help and. Somebody who has, you know what, I'm going to do something about it by putting those thoughts into action. So bravo to you. I appreciate that. Yes, we can't say everything about uh, Brooke's future career because some of it is, um, you know, sensitive. But I am so proud of you and you are amazing. And thank you, A, for listening and B, for uh, coming on the show and giving us an update and just being you. Yes, and thank you for always giving me and and those like me a voice. Mm -hmm. 
Always, honey. Always. Uh, be well, and uh, you, we can talk offline about your big plans. So uh, proud of you, and we'll talk soon. Hmm? Thanks, Jordana. Yeah, I love that. When she ta- I knew she was in research. She's so smart. I knew she was in research, but when she told me yesterday she was pivoting to law enforcement, I was like, oh, the world needs more Brooks. Like, and what you said, Adam, you, you totally nailed it. Just that she, it could have gone a different way. She could have been all, you know, the police are awful. The system is broken. This is terrible. Yet she decided to fix it from within. Right. And, um, how many of us say that? We, we, how many that. of us, yeah. you know, bitch and moan about so much mm-hmm. stuff, but how many of mm-hmm. actually turn that into doing something about it? And I mean, there's an extreme example right there. So, yeah. I mean, kudos. She's so awesome. Yeah, amazing. So uh, President Biden has let a couple things slip that maybe should not have been out in the public. Why is he really running and should he be? Let's talk next. So I've heard this before, but uh, apparently uh, President Biden said this to a a group, a fundraising group um, last night or just recently that had Donald Trump or have if Donald Trump wouldn't have been a factor in running for president uh, in 2024, that he would have likely stepped aside that mm-hmm. the the reason he's running is to defeat donald trump again that is his main reason and yeah. again it's one of those moments where like really that's why like nobody else joe biden is the only person that can beat donald trump i mean to me the only reason this race is close is because it's joe biden and Again, we, we mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not because he's old and he's 82. It's because that there is just uh, ir- irresputable evidence that he, cognitively he is just not the same person that he once was. And that... Mm, I don't know. I think... Well, I think it's people are have have really weaponized him being old. And he is old. And look, friends, when you get over 80, yeah, you slow down if you haven't already. I'm 51. I've slowed down. Uh, I I just I think it is because he's old. I don't think it's because he's a bad president. No. I think that's what no. people are voting against. Right. Voting that he's he's, that he's old. up for the and, job. And he, that he's up for the job for another four right. years. And but right. my point is, is there nobody? I mean, look at what Dean Phillips is doing. He's doing what exactly what most of us want. Yes. Which is yes. Get a moderate. Maybe even partner that moderate with a running mate yes. who maybe mm-hmm. is a Republican. Hey, Liz Cheney's out there. I think that ticket would win overwhelmingly. I don't even think it would be close hmm. with Donald the Trump. Dean, the Phillips Cheney, uh, but or Liz just, Cheney no, just would want to mo- be the president. Just a moderate, a moderate Democrat uh, paired with a moderate Republican. Flip that ticket any way you want. Uh, but if you obviously it would be a Democrat getting the Democratic nomination. But I don't even think it would be close. I really don't. And I think I think there's such a history of incumbents winning, incumbents having the upper hand, having the money, having the uh, campaign power mm-hmm. that I think. And look, you know, Joe Biden's old. He's thinking of old ways of getting reelected. And yeah. the, and, and his staff, I, I don't know how their age, but look, the incumbents usually win. In this country, presidents normally, not always, as we've seen, serve two terms. So I I get it. It's sort of an old way of thinking of things. I don't want to give up my advantage for the crapshoot that maybe a Phillips Cheney ticket would be because they don't know how that's going to turn out. But 
I, Adam, I, I have to say that I think done, there must be a way to figure it out. Like the Biden ticket says, I 100% endorse this new ticket, you know, with the, with the new, newer people. Yeah. Like maybe it is a, a Cheney uh, Phillips ticket and maybe she's the president. I understand she's a Republican, which would be fine because she seems super sane. Uh, and just on it. Well, you know, she seems like a person that has the best interests of the country at heart. Um, so who knows? Maybe if he went totally outside the box and said, I'm going to vote or, or, or we're going to sort of bequeath uh, our incumbency yes. to a Cheney Phillips ticket, maybe it would work. If he's saying, you know what, I, 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 I ran on the fact that I'm saving this country from mm-hmm. a demagogue, from a guy who's purely in it for himself, who is bordering on being an autocrat. And that I, I wanted to bring normalcy back to the White House. Mm-hmm. I've done that. You can disagree mm-hmm. uh, whether or not I've done a good job. And I think you nailed it. I think, well, yes, there are many, many, no president's going to do a perfect job. And there are many no. areas to no. criticize Joe Biden. I think by and large, uh, a lot, I think he's done that job. And he yeah, could say, I'm done. I'm 82 now. Bye-bye. I'm going right. to go uh, live out the rest of my days with Jill. And so uh, here I'm blessing this next person who will mm-hmm, carry on this, mm-hmm. and we must defeat Donald Trump again, and this is the person right. to do it. I think that is a way to ha- have that I happen. Over the, I don't think and wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice for some honesty if he just stood up? And look, I think he was very honest, by the way, in his comment. And what he said at this Democratic donors meeting or you know event was, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running. He mm-hmm. says Democrats can't let him win, meaning Trump. Okay, I get it. But maybe if you just said, this is the plan, and you know, or maybe even a few months ago or a year ago said, I'm not going to run again. I am going to create the perfect ticket. I'm going to, well, nothing's perfect, but I'm going to create a dream team. We're going to find people. And then you do polling on who would you vote for if it's not Joe? You know, is it Dean? Is it, I don't know if it's Dean, but maybe it is. Maybe it's Liz Cheney. Who's the perfect ticket? You know, maybe it's Nikki and Dean or Nikki and Cheney. And wouldn't that be nice? Two women on the ticket. Um, may, I just feel like some research should have gone into if you're not going to vote for Joe, who would you want and create that? And that way, I think you have a really good chance of beating Trump. Can you imagine like anybody that supports Biden, which there's there's tons What anybody that supports yeah. Biden, if you replace Biden with any other Democrat? Are any of those people going to say, oh, I really liked Biden. I don't like this other Democrat. I'm going to now vote for Donald Donald Trump. Trump. Exactly. Like nobody would do that. Yes. Zero. Yes. It's not that hard. You are not losing any and you you are absolutely gaining. You are gaining. Because there's a lot of people out there who say, I cannot vote for Joe Biden again. I'm voting for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. And there's I I know many of those people. I know a lot of those people that say I can't vote Mm -hmm. for Joe Biden again. That I, I'm sorry. But I can't. what about a Cheney Haley ticket? Well, I mean, would go. they go for that? Yeah. Well, well some, some of them obviously would. Some wouldn't, but some mm-hmm. would. You'd gain people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. See, we fixed it, you guys. Yeah. We solved the world's problems on the Adam and Jordana show. Yeah. We fixed politics. <clears throat> Good if, job, if, team. If only anybody were listening. <laughs> Eleven thirty-two, News Talk eight three zero. Our uh, random review. I like this one. It is a uh, Fisk, and uh, we'll review that when we get back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. 
Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseballs and boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Not really a people person, so I don't. Oh, nothing. Yep. No. When someone dies, it's sad. Then it's kind of boring. I'm the webmaster. You're the probate clerk. I'm making a connection. Helen cannot be the face. Why not? She's a woman. She's got a face. So our random review generator picked this comedy. I'd never heard of it before. It's called Fisk. Yeah, me neither. And it's uh, an Australian comedy, so I really had zero expectations going in. And as I've said very often, if you have zero expectations or low expectations, you're often pleasantly surprised. And I think mm-hmm. that's what, was, what I would describe. That's my review. Pleasantly surprised. Is this something yeah. that I put in the top ten comedies of all time? No. But it's a very, very funny show. And what I love about it is the main character, Fisk. Uh, this woman, you know, she's in her 50s. As an attorney, she's the daughter of... No, some, she's 47. She, that's right. She's four, right. 47, right. Uh, <laughs> which is part of the fun. But her father was some big judge in Australia, yeah. so she's kind of resting on her laurels of the name. But she hasn't had exactly a great successful career. And she gets this job with uh, basically like a wills, trusts, and probate, kind yes. of the... Uh, yes. the uh, Matt Gutman. The Matt yeah. Gutman of uh, Australia. Of Australia. And... <laughs> It's very funny, and it's it's got a little of the office in it, like with the way it's yeah. shot, yeah. except there's no breaking of the fourth wall where they're like looking directly mm-hmm. in the camera, but she's very charming, she's very funny, and it's just a very funny little comedy to watch. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious, and I laughed out loud, which I think yes. is the... You know, that's that's our barometer. Mark and I, if we're watching yep. a show, if we're watching like a stand-up, yep. and he'll look at me 20 minutes in and be like, we haven't laughed yet. Yep. Th- that's sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, it's, it's supposed to be funnier than this. So um, he was working, so I was I literally was laughing out loud at some parts because they were unexpected. She's a terrifically, like, banal character. Yes. She's, yes. she's she- very bland, yet some reason likable and regular. And, um, That's it. I think you're you, kind of – go ahead. Oh, I think you can relate to her. She's yeah, very relatable. Yeah. yeah, wearing the beige yeah. suits with these yes. pants suit with these huge legs. Pants I don't know. Is that, a, is that a fashion thing where she's got these no. huge pant legs? I think that's the point okay. that she's not a fashionable person right. and she's like trying to be a grown up with the pantsuits and she's just not pulling. She's just not good at anything. She's not a great lawyer. Not, but yet she's funny and likable and I don't know. She's an every person. So that's why you like her. But it's not just her. It's the characters, you know, the lawyers in the office, the, the webmaster in the yes. office, the guy at the coffee shop is an interesting character. So it was, it seems that it's well, a well thought out script where they took every opportunity for a laugh. Um, and, and got one. So I just, I thought it was really cute. This is the show that if you're on the treadmill, yes, you put this show on, you'll laugh. It's light. It's easy. Uh, you can watch a bunch of episodes. Um, so this, I, when I get on the treadmill, I will be putting on Fisk. This show David, reminded did you watch it. I did watch it. Okay. The show reminded mm-hmm. me of a show called Monk. Do you guys remember Monk? Yeah. It's about mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, the the main Shalhoub. actor has Tony like Shalhoub. a, a, yeah, a, a obsessive compulsive disorder, and he's investigating crimes, and he's sort of this quirky, likable main character. It reminded me of that, and I did watch it. I watched. I mean, this is my life. I watch half of it at home, like between things, and then I went to pick up my kids. And after seeing half of the first episode, I told my mother, who really liked the show Monk, I said, "Mom, this show we're watching, Fisk." Uh, it, like it's been really good. I think you might enjoy it. And then I said it, it's rated, you know, you know, mature audience or whatever only. But I think it's just for language. I like. I think you'll still enjoy it. I then went home and watched the rest of the episode about the character who's painting with his yes. manhood, and I had to walk back my recommendation to my mother. Oh jeez. <laughs> well, they don't show it. Well, I know, but they, oh, they show do. the back. Did you watch the? <laughs> yes, they show the yes. back, but no, they don't I, show mom, the actual. Mom, don't tool. watch it. Okay, I won't watch it anymore. We don't need. To That's do it. by the way. If you watch it, right. don't skip the credits. <laughs> don't right. hit, don't yes. hit the skip yes. ahead. You have to watch the credits. Which was that was the laugh out loud moment for me, oh. and he paints. See, great we portrait. were talking about character development. Yes. We were talking about relatability, but of course, we forgot that there's a character who paints portraits with his penis, <laughs> yes. which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not just the funniest thing. It, it, it was it was very cute. Yeah, so it's a good go to when you need to escape, and it's something light. You know, like you said, you'd put on The Office, or you. This is a yeah. a. A fun show. So we were, and because it's over a year old, I'd never heard of it. Oh, I have another question for you guys. Did you need subtitles? No, 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 not okay. at all. Because we Did talked you? about that Australian. Yeah. Well, we talked yeah. about that Australian accent often being very strong, and sometimes they use different words. Of course, they speak English, but it's Australian English. And um, sometimes it's very, you know, when they speak fast or tell jokes. Yeah. You have to concentrate. Yeah. It's a pretty so, mild Australian accent yeah. in this show. The, I think the one that I like, I told you about the shame. You know, Shameless. Like they have the British mm-hmm. version of Shameless. That is one you absolutely need subtitles, and they're speaking English, <laughs> and it's like I don't understand a word they're saying. But no, this mm-hmm. one is. Pre- it reminded me of. Uh, did you ever watch Flight of the Concords? Does that uh, ring a I don't bell? Think so. It was a, uh, a comedy on HBO, and but it, they weren't Australian. They were from New Zealand. But a couple of guys who had this. They were comedians, but they also had a band, Flight of the Concords. So it was like a mm-hmm. – that was a very, very funny series. And it reminded me, I think, just kind of that same kind of humor, which maybe is associated with uh, Australia and New Zealand, even though, yes, I know they're two different countries. But it, it reminded me of that. And uh, the the partners, the law partners, are they brother and sister? Is that what they are again? Yes, brother yes. and sister. They're correct. very – they're mm-hmm. both very funny. Hilarious. The, yes, mm-hmm. and especially the guy. He's just like kind of clueless and just hires her without even like – Doing any due diligence. Yes. <laughs> just based on her name. And he's just kind of doubling down on it. So, yeah, I would highly recommend this show. Again, if it's just, it's perfect. Yeah, it's a great treadmill show. It's a great treadmill. It's show. easy. It's easy. You know, we're getting a lot of texts on what we talked about before uh, this segment, before our random reveal. Mm-hmm. So let's let's sure. pivot to Absolutely. that because yep. I want everybody, well, not every, everybody, but as yep. many people as we possibly can to I have agree. a voice. Because we were talking about uh, Joe Biden saying at a Democratic fundraiser that if Trump wasn't running, he probably wouldn't be running because he's basically running against Trump. But the man's 82 and he's gotten a lot of flack for being 82. And we were saying that had he sort of done a transition campaign instead of I'm going to run only to beat Trump. Had he done a transition campaign, 
We think, again, we're solving America's problems here. Uh, That probably would have been a stronger way to go into the 2024 election. And your texts are all over the board here. So I just want to share some some with the group. Um, This texter says, in general, I'd like a younger president, but I do not agree that Joe Biden is obviously cognitively impaired. No, I I don't. Did you say that? Because I don't think we said that. Uh, I think he. Uh, I, I do. Okay. I think he is slipping um, cognitively. I do. I think. It, okay. The All right. I I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that I think that he can still think. Maybe he's not as quick as he was when he was twenty, but I don't necessarily think that he's cognitively impaired. Um, oh my God, Jordana or Jana, he's doing a good job. Look again. I have been fine under the Biden presidency, so I don't. I think there are plenty of reasons to criticize him, i.e., Afghanistan. I don't agree with the handling of that, but you're right. I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, Jord, uh, come on, people. This texter writes: You have no clue as to whether Biden is or is not impaired. You can want another Karen candidate. I guarantee you. As a 64 year old, I'm smarter than me at 57. Fair. Right, That's but totally to, fair. But you so, probably are at so if you're 175, you're smarter than you were, and when you are at 75, I mean, I don't just mm-hmm. say just because you get older, you get smarter. But yes, you get wiser when you get older. I agree with that. But there, there comes a point though where you just have to look at someone and say, okay, look at how things have transpired, and is this person up for the job? Which is again a reason why you know we should have a cognitive test, a very public test that we mm-hmm. put our candidates through. So we can put this aside where we're not trying to hide something or trying to speculate about something. That should be out in the open. Uh, Guys, if Trump wins, it's because Joe Biden forced it by staying in the race. Oh, my goodness. That would be a horrible legacy. But you may be right. Guys, I tend to vote Republican. I did not vote for Trump. However, give me someone like Dean Phillips and I'm on the Democrat bandwagon. Really? Okay. Good to know. Uh, Guys, DNC won't even put Phillips on the ballot for primary. Okay. Uh, This texter, I probably don't agree with Liz Cheney on anything but Trump. She is the best person to hold the center. See, I agree with that. I think Liz, I mean, I've been watching her interviews about her book. I know she's selling a book, but I, she has always been the, the person to stand up for truth and honesty in government. And uh, when it comes to Trump, when it comes to January 6th, you know, I'd have to go back and look at policies before that. But uh, she's really made a name for herself in going against her party at, to her great peril. And she's lost her job because of it. But I think that shows great character. Well, think about this too. The, the, I mean, she, 10 years ago, she would be considered one of the most conservative, yes. far-right members yes. of Congress. Mm-hmm. So would Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy saying, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Kevin McCarthy today announcing that he's done at the end of the year. So, again, we're losing. I mean, it's just pushing further and further to the extremes. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats absolutely have a problem with it, too, because look at the text we're getting. Are you serious about Joe Biden? A rise in anti-Semitism, uh, the wars uh, that are going on. But they've got an absolute issue with dealing with The extreme of the left getting tied to a generalization of the party and where that party stands and the direction it's going. Yeah, I I don't blame Joe Biden for the Hamas terrorist attack. I don't blame him for the war in Ukraine. I just don't. I don't don't either. I mean, I don't uh, even blame him for the high gas. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen with Trump. Like, prove that. That's an unprovable thing. And so. Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this texter, I've been saying Cheney and Phillips for months. Oh, texture, you're ahead of the game. Uh, don't care who's on top. <laughs> they seem to be the only two people that are logical and have the best interest of the nation. That's it. We just want somebody who thinks about America, 
you know, not necessarily thinks about themselves. That's what we're looking for. And and I, I believe that Joe Biden is that person also. But I think that we it's obvious that he wouldn't he said he may, probably wouldn't be running again if it wasn't for Trump. And that in itself is enough reason to get somebody else in there who really wants to run it, who has the energy for it, who's passionate about this. So because being president is a hard job. It is a hard job. Um, this texture wholly agree that Dems would beat Trump with a new candidate, but too many voters won't pay attention to politics and just fill in the box next to the name they're most familiar with and comfortable with. One of the reasons why the incumbent does so well. Otherwise, it could be risky with a less familiar name. Exactly. That's I uh, think that's the default right now for the Democrats. Well, didn't work for Donald Trump in 2020. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.